0: Green with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Is it patience or panic for the Miami Heat? 888 say ESPN 888 729 3776. The lines are open for you right now. Where do the Heat stand in your estimation in the finals? Are they in deep trouble or is there a reason for optimism? 888 say ESPN 888 729 3776. And Chris Canty, I would argue that there is a reason for some optimism off of last night. Yes, they did not win the game. Yes, they were down by 20 for a good portion of the game. But at the same time, they played well enough defensively to win the game. And if they hit a few more shots, the outcome might be a little bit different. They did not. I I, I know we could call it a blowout based on what was going on for the Mm -hmm. second and third quarter but in in the end opportunities were still there to make it a game
2: yeah and that's probably the most disappointing part for spo in the miami heat they, they had opportunities to knock down open shots and they didn't they didn't take advantage of them uh, i mean that's been the calling card for the heat during this deep playoff run was being able to take and make open threes they shot 46 percent on open three-pointers throughout this postseason, which is one of the best marks over the last five decades in basketball. And yet last night on open threes, they shot 29%. They had 17 wide-open threes. They only made five of them. Mm. Overall, they were 13 of 39 from downtown. They've got to be better when it comes to knocking down three-point shots in order to compete against what the Denver Nuggets are bringing to the table offensively. Look, they if
1: they're going to have a chance, they're going to have to play like they did defensively, but they're going to have to find a way to, to knock down shots, and I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know, frankly, if there is an answer on Nikola Jokic because the guy is just so good in everything that he does and he makes everybody else better in the purest form. I mean, listen to Mark Jackson talking about him on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt last night about him setting the tone in
2: game one. The best players in the world, historically, don't have to score to impact the game. And that's exactly what we witnessed him doing, setting the tone, getting guys quality looks on the offensive end, whether it be mismatches, recognition, reading, and reacting. Just a brilliant, brilliant passer and climbing the charts as one of the truly all-time great players in the history of this game.
1: And it's amazing, Canty. If I were another player looking for a place to go and I wanted, my, my sole goal was to try to win, I am talking to my guys, how do we get to Denver? How do I get to play with that guy? Because he is truly the center of the offense in every single way in that it's not... It's not even remotely just about scoring. We know about the triple-doubles and all that, but he is constantly looking for the great, not the good shot, whether it's with him or with somebody else. And, man, like, that's the kind of guy I, I would absolutely want to
2: play with. He makes the right play every time. It's just as simple as that. His basketball IQ is off the charts. He sees the entire court, and everybody is focused on him, whether it's his teammates or the opponent's and yet he seemingly finds a way to get the passes to guys in their spots and their pinpoint passes too like they're right in the pocket so guys are not fumbling the basketball trying to set up to shoot or trying to set up to finish he gives it to them right in a place where they can catch it and they can make a play and and again that is the definition of playmaking in today's NBA and with Jokic What sets him apart from other superstars, other MVP caliber players is the mindset. Think about this, man. He only took five shots through the first three quarters of that game last night. How many MVPs you know are content only taking five shots in their first NBA Finals appearance in their franchise's first NBA Finals appearance? Not very many and yet he still find, found ways to impact the game through the first three quarters. And when they needed him to score most, he took him home the rest of the way. You're talking about this guy being able to have a huge, huge fourth quarter. Nikola Jokic was outstanding in the fourth quarter, big fella, to the tune of 12 points on 4-7 shooting, 4 for 4 from the free throw line, and he also dropped in to assist. He was outstanding. If you look at the last five minutes of the game, Nikola Jokic essentially scored or assisted on every single bucket that the Denver Nuggets made. Like like that that's the kind of mentality that you want your superstar to have if you're a head coach because he sets the tone and makes the game easier for everybody else, but he also makes it easy to sell the importance of being selfless and how that leads to team success. And and that is how you define what the Denver Nuggets do on the offensive end. So We talk a lot about how Jimmy Butler's mindset sets the tone for the Miami Heat. I think we need to give credit to Nikola Jokic and how his mindset sets the tone for the Denver Nuggets, especially on the offensive end of the court. Kenton Carlin,
1: ESPN Radio, in for Grinney, presented by Progressive Insurance. Panic or patience? For the Heat right now, after game one, 888-SAY-ESPN. Lines are open. We hit you in just one minute. Canty, the one thing I would ask you right now, going back to that other pl- other question, is he the one player in the league? Is he the number one player in the league that is the best to play with?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue against him, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's an, it's an, it's an offensive-minded league. Uh, it's a make-or-miss league. And Jokic creates a lot of open looks for... Him his teammates, right? And he's always going to find the open guy. So, yeah, why wouldn't you want to play with him? You're going to get your touches. You're going to get your shots. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say he's up there. He's one of the best passers, if not the best passer in today's game. And and what what allows him to do that is how fundamentally sound he is, but also just his sheer size. How many guys his size that play the center position can match up with him on the perimeter and keep him from being able to make the kind of passes that Jokic makes? How many guys can close down those passing lanes, those passing windows for Jokic when they're in man-to-man coverage on him? I just don't see a lot of players that have that ability. Go back to the Western Conference Finals. They had to move Anthony Davis off of Nikola Jokic in order for the Lakers to have any chance of stopping Denver's offense. Yeah. That's how good Jokic is. So when you have the most dominant player in the second half of the NBA regular season defensively and Anthony Davis have to get switched off of Jokic because of how much the Joker is eating, that tells you how great he is. So yeah, if you're a player around the NBA and you got an opportunity to go run with the Nuggets, you absolutely would. But I don't see those opportunities coming for guys in free agency just because this core for the denver nuggets ain't going no place no time soon and big fella we've said it before but i think it bears repeating this team has the makings of a dynasty and we could be talking about the infancy Mm. stages of the denver nuggets being the landlords in the western conference
1: matt on espn radio as we hit the phones at 888 say espn 888-729-3776 matt go
3: yeah, hi. Yeah, my opinion on it is, I think, I think this is going to be good for the Heat because they've they were winning the whole time. They were underdogs. Then they were favored to beat Boston in that fourth game, and and they fell apart. Denver dominated last night. Denver looked way better. That makes them the underdog again. I think they'll thrive off it.
1: I, I think they're comfortable in it. I think there's a difference, Chris, between thriving off of it and being comfortable in it. And I think like. Teams love to thrive off of nobody, you know, everybody doubting them and all that, right? Oh yeah, the Denver Nuggets are playing that card. Exactly. Nobody
2: respects us.
1: I I think with the Heat, it's a little different. They're comfortable in the role. They don't have to keep telling you nobody picks us, you know, all this stuff. They're just comfortable being there.
2: Yeah, I don't think they look at themselves as the underdog, though. That's right. the thing. They they they, they, they can don't. tune everybody else out on that. They, they feel like they've earned the right to be here, and they feel like they they their work ethic and their standards are what's going to allow them to compete and them to supersede teams that have superior talent. Like that's that that's what the Miami Heat culture is all about, especially over the last half decade. So yeah, I. I I'd be surprised if, if game two wasn't more competitive. But I will say that if you look at the complexion of game one and just the sheer scoring and what it looked like, that's a game that the Miami Heat should have been able to challenge to win more. Like that, That's a game that should have been more closely contested. That's a game where the Miami Heat should be able to find a way late. And they tried to make a push. They cut it to single digits midways through the fourth quarter. But they weren't able to close the gap any further because of the playmaking and the scoring of Nikola Jokic. And that's what makes – that's, that's where the difference is when you're talking about a superstar going up against a team that has a star. And I think there's a clear distinction between the level at, that Nikola Jokic is playing at Versus the level that Jimmy Butler is playing at.
1: Tune in Game Two of the NBA Finals is Sunday night, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and SiriusXM channel 80. Scott, next on ESPN Radio. Scott, what do you think?
3: Hey, I you know watching that game last night, I I just think the length of of the length of Denver is going to cause Miami problems for the rest of the for the rest of the series. I just you can overcome a lot of things, but you can't overcome length. And it, it, it was obvious last night in, in different situations that, that Miami was going to struggle with that. That's a, I
1: I I think that there's problems there in matchups, yeah. but I don't think it's something that wipes them out of the series here completely. Let's not forget that Denver is not the best defensive team around, and they gave money. They gave Miami plenty of offensive chances last night,
2: as Canty pointed to 17 wide open threes. Yeah, and I mean, listen. There was a size disparity in the Eastern Conference Finals with the Boston Celtics. How yeah. many times did we talk about how Robert Williams impacted what the Heat could do and limited Jimmy Butler and the rest of those guys' chances in the lane? How many times do we say, "Oh yeah, Robert Williams on Jimmy Butler disrupts the entire Heat offense"? Like like, like, like we we've talked about that. So it's not a surprise. I think the difference comes in how the length on the offensive end impacts the Heat's ability to be able to generate offense off of stops and turnovers. And that's the one part where I will agree with Scott on. I just thought that there was a clear difference in terms of the Heat not being able to get easy mm-hmm. buckets in transition off of takeaways. And so I yeah. don't know if there's a fix for that. But what I will say is I think one of the things that spoke – found in the second half was putting Haywood Highsmith – on on Jamal Murray defensively. We saw that in the fourth quarter and the impact that that had on Denver's offense and and how it allowed them to slow down Jamal Murray, in particular, only two points in the fourth last night. I think that's one of the things, the subtle adjustments, the little wrinkles that they can make in order to give themselves a better chance in game two.
1: 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Is it panic versus patience in Miami? I apologize. Did you hear Siri in the middle of your point there? I did.
2: I did. Yeah. Siri's always got something to say though. Well,
1: but here's the problem. It's not just fat-handing it. I've got an Apple Watch. It's fat wristing it. Because if I bend my wrist at all canty, it basically pushes the button and forces
2: Siri to say something. Okay. So, got it. It's not good. Not great, not great. Does Siri yeah. think that the Miami Heat have a chance? Does she think the Heat need to panic? Siri, do you think the Miami Heat need to panic? I found this on the
1: web. And she doesn't care. She's <laughs> only googling stuff. Canty <laughs> and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio.
4: It's Demon Time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times, your times your money. Your money. Types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PrizePicks.com/Greenberg. Code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy.
3: ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply 10 seconds on the
4: clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on shopify
0: Greenie, the podcast.
1: Bill Barnwell always makes you think ESPN NFL writer, and he's got an article out uh, in the last few days on ESPN.com about the NFL teams ranking their off-seasons, and there are some interesting ones to make you think about. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance And we welcome in Mr. Barnwell right now to discuss. Bill, it's Chris, and Chris, we appreciate the time, and let's start right here. You have the team with the number one offseason as the Washington Commanders. Please explain.
3: (laughs) Very simple one here, of course. Nothing to do with what they did on the football field. But getting rid of Daniel Snyder, the Commanders were never (laughs) going to win a Super Bowl with Daniel Snyder as their owner. In 24 years, they've won a total of two playoff games. In the prior 24 years, the Commanders had won a total of three Super Bowls. That is how far that organization (laughs) has fallen off. Even getting an average or below average owner, as long as it's not Daniel Snyder, is the biggest upgrade any team has made when it comes to winning their to their chances of winning a Super Bowl over the next few years.
2: Bravo, Bill. Bravo, Bravo Bill. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. That absolutely belongs number one on the list. But we gotta talk about another team that you have ranked high on your list, the Dallas Cowboys. Now Bill, in any mm-hmm. given year we know that around half of the playoff field turns over from year to year. Mm-hmm. And this year, the Dallas Cowboys are one of those prime candidates for me to find themselves on the outside looking in of the postseason. Ooh. But you got them ranked third in your article in terms of teams that improved during the offseason. What was your assessment of what they did on the field and in the coaching uh, aspect of things with the
3: change at O.C.? Ah, see, you snuck that one in there. That's one I didn't like. But let's start with the positive on the Cowboy side of things. Love what they did in terms of adding two veteran players to their roster, one on either side of the football, addressing weaknesses. Brandon Cooks at wide receiver, Stephon Gilmore at cornerback. Guys who maybe are not at their peak, but still playing very well. Admittedly, for bad football teams last year, get them in Dallas. Get them in a culture where you're winning, where you're, you know, every game matters. That's going to only raise their games here in this upcoming season and they have a cap space to work with because Micah Parsons is one of the biggest bargains in all football, a guy who should be making 30, 31, 32 million dollars a year. uh, if He was on the open market, but because he's on a rookie deal, only making four million dollars on his current deal. One more year with that. So understand going out and kind of, you know, trying to win now before Micah Parsons gets much more expensive. But you alluded to, the coaching situation <laughs> and I'm inclined <laughs> to agree because I just don't know if Mike McCarthy is a guy I trust to win me three, maybe even four games in the post season, which you might have to do unless you're the top seed. So to me, I think the Cowboys did take a step in the right direction, but to your point, obviously That team could very easily miss the postseason. They're a high-variance team, a very top-heavy team. Mm. Their stars have to stay healthy. And I think for them to make it, because I have so little faith in Mike McCarthy, I think they have to be the one seed and have home field advantage and only have to play three games in the postseason to win a Super Bowl. So can they do that? Yes. Could they miss the playoffs? Also, yes.
2: So they have to overcome their coach in order to do so.
3: Good luck with that. <laughs> they have to, yes, which, which isn't exactly the, the best endorsement. I will give you that.
1: <laughs> the Bill Barnwell Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. His article is up on ESPN Plus right now, ranking the NFL off-seasons for all 32 teams. He joins Canty and Carlin right now. Bill, what about the juxtaposition between where you have the Packers and where you have the Mm -hmm. New York Jets. You have the Packers Mm -hmm. much higher, I believe fifth or sixth, if I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. whereas the Jets are all the way down at 23rd.
3: Absolutely, and I know that's going to seem crazy because one of those teams added Aaron Rodgers and one of them did not, but what matters is not just who you added, but what the price was, and I look back to that negotiation that was dominating the offseason. I'm sure you guys had conversations about it every day for weeks. I did as well, the Aaron Rodgers to the Jets negotiation, and remember, the Jets were the only real suitors. Aaron Rodgers came out and said, hey, I want to play for the Jets. This was a one-team negotiation. And when you look at what the Jets paid for Aaron Rodgers as part of that deal, when there was no one else bidding, when the Packers didn't really want him back given his salary, given that there was no one else who was going to take on that contract and give up anything significant in an Aaron Rodgers deal, I just think it's staggering. They gave up you know, they're paying Aaron Rodgers more than any quarterback in the history of football, which, are, okay, that's fine. I can leave that aside. They had to sign Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. Aaron's friends had to come with him to New York, and I'm not sure about those deals. But, okay, that's no big deal. But you give up a two this year, a swap of first-round picks this year, and most likely, uh, unless Aaron Rodgers doesn't play 11 games, in which case this is a big bust anyway, if he plays 11 or more games next year in terms of saps, they give up a first-rounder next year as well. And so I think, given the other options, Of course, take Derek Carr. Aaron Rodgers is better than Derek Carr. It's going to give you a better chance of winning a Super Bowl than Derek Carr, no question. But it's not Aaron Rodgers versus Derek Carr. It's Aaron Rodgers versus Derek Carr. Twenty more million dollars of year to silent players. Not having Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. And having a two this year. Not swapping those first round picks this year. And having a first round pick next year. And when you have that conversation, that's why I'm concerned. The, Packers, the Jets needed to upgrade a quarterback. They got an upgraded quarterback, but I think they bungled those negotiations and paid way more than they should have. And and conversely, the Packers, who were in a position where they had to get rid of a quarterback, got a really good deal out of that. So Jets certainly upgraded on Zach Wilson, but I think this was a good deal for the Packers given how much the Jets ended up paying.
2: Bill, my Baltimore Ravens had a really, really busy offseason. Of course, the highlight would be locking up Lamar Jackson for the long term, Mm -hmm. but they also switched offensive coordinators, hired Todd Munkin out of the University of Georgia, and got a bunch of weapons on the perimeter for Lamar. So why do you have them ranked 21st on your list in terms of teams improving this offseason?
3: Well, Chris, obviously, you mentioned the offense, certainly steps in the right direction there. Um, Odell Beckham deal a little bigger than I expected I mean we'll see what happens but I think there was some surprise about how much the Ravens were guaranteeing Odell Beckham after a year out of football with a torn ACL but you know we kind of take the defense for granted in Baltimore right I mean it's been so good for so long but I look at that depth chart and I have some questions. the The cornerback depth chart behind Marlon Humphrey is suddenly pretty bare. The edge rusher depth chart you're you're relying on Owe who hasn't really been an impactful player his first two seasons, to be kind of a breakout guy in year three. Or David Ajabo, who you know was hurt last year and missed most of his rookie season. You know the Ravens are great at drafting and developing players. I don't need to tell you. You of course you know that. But you know I, I just think I would have loved to have seen a Justin Houston. I would have loved to have seen. You know, Yannick and Gakwe would have loved to have seen that extra pass rusher to kind of supplement those those young guys, give them you know some some reps to, to work with, some reps off to kind of see a veteran you know in, in, in that in that room, and maybe a cornerback, and, and they could still add those guys. The, the Ravens are going to continue shopping into the start of the season, but I, I do feel like I'm I'm set with the offense. I love what they did on offense, but strangely for the Ravens, I feel like it's rude to say this. I'm kind of worried a little bit about the defense. Bill,
1: last one for me. It's Bill Barnwell, ESPN NFL writer, joining us. And this is away from the article a little bit, but the big name that's out there right now is DeAndre Hopkins. Where do you feel like the best fit for Hopkins is going to end up being?
3: From a Hopkins perspective or from a team perspective? like From a team
1: perspective. From a team perspective.
3: Can cannon would go with the New York Giants. I, I feel like they're missing that number one receiver, that that guy like like e- Eli Manning always had Paxco Burris early in his career. That guy could be that contested catch guy, big catch radius guy, the guy where you don't have to put it exactly on him. He's going to catch the football. I feel like Daniel Jones does not have that guy. Maybe it's Darren Waller, but Darren Waller's missed 17 games or, or a full season over the past two years with injuries. I don't think you can count on him necessarily being that guy. I think they need a number one receiver I think that pushes everyone else in the wide receiver depth chart into a much better spot, and I think that DeAndre Hopkins is the perfect fit for what the Giants need in terms of that passing game. So don't know if they'll go there, but I think Giants are the best team fit for DeAndre Hopkins.
1: Download the Bill Barnwell Show wherever you get your podcasts. ESPN Plus has got the article, ESPN.com, ranking the NFL offseasons for all 32 teams. Bill, appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes. Thanks so much, guys. Bill Barnwell, ESPN NFL writer. Canty, in just moments, one NBA coach is about to find out he isn't in Toronto anymore.
0: Grainy, the podcast. Previously on Grainy. I apologize.
1: Did you hear Siri in the middle of your point there? I did. I did. Yeah. Siri's always got something to say though. Well, but here's the problem. It's not just fat handing it. I've got an Apple Watch. It's fat wristing it. Because if I bend my wrist at all, can't be. it basically pushes the button and forces Siri to say something.
2: Not great. Not great. Does Siri yeah. think that the Miami Heat have a chance? Does she think the Heat need to pen it? Siri, do you
1: think the Miami Heat need to panic?
2: I found this on the web.
1: And she doesn't care. Siri's useless at times. And she always shows up on my wrist at the wrong time. And usually it's on the air. It's Canty and Carlin in for out at ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, we are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. And by the way, on the ESPN app, you can watch the show every day. Just go to the ESPN app, click watch, look for Greeny, and enjoy. So how about a little while ago, you probably saw the video this morning on Get Up, that they parachuted in the Larry O'Brien trophy uh, into Denver for the start of the NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. And so they were showing the video on First Take, and Perk and J.J. Redick are going to go skydiving together. Like, I would pay for that. I would pay to see it.
2: Oh, yeah. ESPN Plus can put that behind a paywall, and I'm going to give them their money just so I can watch Big Perk and J.J. get ready to jump out of a plane and then the actual footage of them on the way down. Like, I would love it. I would love every aspect of it. See, I... (laughs) Would Reddick be screaming? Do you think he would be scared? No, I think J.J. would be the calm one. Big Perk is probably the one that's going to be screaming. (laughs) Because one thing about big people, especially tall guys, we're afraid of heights. We don't like heights. I, 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 I'm I don't terrified know you, of heights.
1: I, I, I think I think Perk would just be on the whole way down to the camera
2: got in his face, carry the hell on. No, nah, I can promise you he's not going to be that cavalier on the way down. Would you but, go skydiving? Have you ever gone skydiving? You know what? Because Big Perk is willing to walk on the wild side, or in this instance, jump onto the wild side, I, I think I would too. Like I wouldn't mind being roped in on that trip. Like, all of us going up in a plane. First of all, you'd have to find a plane that's big enough to get all of us up there because <laughs> with me and Big Perk, that's a lot of tonnage. But, like, jumping out of a plane with those two other guys, I think I could be talked into it. Uh, I haven't done it, but I would. Yeah. But the problem
1: right now, and I'm I'm not joking when I say this, like, I, I'm told there is a
2: weight restriction situation. Oh, is it? Oh, I guess that I guess that's out of the window. For, at least for me at the Figuratively moment. Figuratively for us. Yeah, um, but but here's here's the thing, I was one of the people that was in the crowd that's saying, why would you jump out of a perfectly good airplane? Right, but I mean, as long as the will is in order, big fella, I'm willing to <laughs> I'm willing to give it the old college try. Yeah, why not? Why yeah. not? Listen, see, here's the thing,
1: I would do that. I would never go bungee jumping.
2: No, no chance would, in hell. I wouldn't do bungee jumping. Another one of those that I wouldn't do. Mm. i I'm not big on the whole. Rock climbing like you know, like really yeah. like climb like going to climb Mount Everest, yeah. K two, nah, not for me. Not a big guy when it comes to downhill skiing, not for me. Like there are certain things that I'm just like, I'm good. Like I have no interest in it because I really feel like there's a strong chance that I could seriously hurt myself. We're jumping yeah, out hey. of an air we're jumping out of an airplane, it's only gonna go one of two ways. Either <laughs> you're gonna be okay or you are not gonna know if you're not gonna be okay. Like like, here's the thing. It's not like I'm gonna have a torn ACL if things don't go right if I jump out of a plane. No. If it goes wrong, I'm gonna be the last one to know it. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all gonna happen quick. (laughs) So it's gonna be over
1: with pretty quickly, big fellow. Listen, I would not. uh, There, there's no way I would do the bungee jumping. What was the other one that you said?
2: Um, downhill like skiing. Oh, skiing? I'm not. A, I'm not a ski guy, and I'm not rock climbing. Like, oh, I'm climbing not rock the climbing. Face of mountains and stuff? No, 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 no. No, no. no. I, no, no. I,
1: I enjoy the view from the bottom. Okay, yeah. I don't need to be up there and prove anything. I, don't, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, like the rock climbing people are the people that I'm. I'm trying to show you that I'm better f- than you. It's thirsty. Is that, it is. is that what it is? Yes. Rock climbing is thirsty.
2: Absolutely. So the people that rock climb have an elitist mentality? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's like the same lady that cuts you off in traffic the other day? Uh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, it would not shock me if she was on her way to rock climbing. Uh, you know. Less, <laughs> absolutely not. No, no chance I'm doing that. Uh, but I would, uh, you know, listen, I, I'm an adventurous type. There are some things I would do. There are some things I would do. some things there's no chance in hell
2: so hold on with the weight limit thing for skydiving is it the weight limit with the parachute or is it the weight limit with us in the plane what's the the biggest? what's the hurdle
1: with the parachute
2: with the parachute so there's not a parachute that's out there that can hold 350 pounds this
1: is what i'm told
2: okay this is what that would be a
1: problem so i i think the magic number is is 300. But let's okay. put it this way: I'm not going to find out by going at 297.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a great, that's another great way to look at it. I'm right, I'm right at 298.7, so I could go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, 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 no. I'll let
1: you, I'll let you know when I get to 260. And we but you can know talk what? This it. is
2: a prime example that not everything is for everybody, and this that's okay. True. Yeah. That's okay. I, not absolutely. everything is for everybody. Camping, not for me. Yeah. Not for me. Yeah. Give me a Marriott. That's camping. Yeah. That's good for yeah. me. Kind of like John Morant learning that not everything is for everybody. Yeah, If you're an that NBA player, you shouldn't post photos of you holding a gun on social <laughs> media.
1: Canty Carlin and for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and ESPN Radio. Now, there is one thing that we have not gotten to in the last couple of days. If you'll remember last Thursday... Cam was getting ready for his trip. Our producer Cam uh, to Barbados or not Barbados, Turks and Caicos. What? Excuse me, <laughs> I said Barbados because that's where they were in succession. Ah, um, so Cam was going to Turks and Caicos. Uh, I guess you were leaving on Saturday. Is that right?
3: Uh, early yeah, early morning Saturday, six a.m. flight.
1: Can't eat. I'm sorry. It's a little suspect when you call in sick the last day before vacation that that does raise a
2: major red flag that's hella suspect first of all now here's where i'll say i respect his gangster because you know it's hard to disprove that he wasn't feeling well especially if you don't see him for three or four days afterward so no. I, I don't i i don't it's, it's one of those things where it's like tip of the cap. We, we know what you were doing. Only if you're willing to admit once you come back, winking a nod, that that is, in fact, what you were doing. But that's not what our very own Cam Pratt is doing. Our no. very own Cam Pratt is doubling down on it. I'll, yes. take, I'll take
1: half
3: credit slash blame for this. I was sick on Thursday night. When mm-hmm. I woke up on Friday, I did feel fine. I was not, however, going to call back in. Once I had already called out.
1: Well, here's the thing. Th- there is a balance, and I understand it, between calling in sick too late right. because you don't want to leave them in the lurch of trying to find somebody. Of course. But that's a case, ca- uh, Cam, yeah. where you're, if you're just getting sick to your stomach, you have to ride that out through the night, and you have to wait <laughs> until the morning to make that call.
2: Yeah, because on his face, it sounds like, man, Cam left work today and just decided he's going to add an extra day to his vacation. <laughs> yes, exactly. But that's exactly. I can see how, how it would played. be perceived
1: that way. <laughs> <laughs> because, and, and Cam's move here is usually to double down, like you said. Like, he will not give in on anything when it comes to this kind of thing. So I'm a little surprised that you're even willing to acknowledge us seeing it that way. Well, because...
3: I- I can acknowledge you seeing it that way like I acknowledge how you viewed my Miami trip and still completely disagreeing with you. I'll give you a lot more leeway on this one where it, it does look a lot more suspect than me not flying overnight from Miami to make a shift the next now,
1: day. Now, I will, I will say this, uh, Canty. He was smart enough to not put anything on social media on Friday from what I saw mm-hmm. because I have known people who have <laughs> That's called in move. sick... <laughs> And then put in like whatever they're doing for fun (laughs) on social media that very
2: day. (laughs) Yeah, but he's gotta extend that into his vacation over the weekend too. Like he didn't fly out until Saturday morning. Like, we need you to go radio silent, complete (laughs) darkness on social media, the entire trip because you said you were sick the day before you were scheduled to leave, which is why you couldn't come into work. Uh, I felt better Friday. Yeah, but still, even if you do feel better, you don't need to rub people's faces in it. Oh, I was yeah. feeling sick on Friday, but I'm in Turks and Caicos on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, yeah. and I'm feeling great. You can't do that, Cam. Yeah. Oh. The, Insta- that. the Instagram post look. was
3: made uh, Wednesday night once the trip was over. <laughs> yeah. Life
1: is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision.
0: Say it! Say it! All right. I'll say it. Who you got?
1: Ah, uh, the great Bubba is here. He has got Who You Got for us this afternoon. Bubba, go!
0: Who You Got brought to you by Granger, and we'll start with the NBA as uh, we've been doing all day. Sunday, we got Game Two, Heat Nuggets, ABC, ESPN Radio. Tune in, and it's Denver minus eight and a half. Who You Got Here?
2: Can't He? I got the Miami Heat. I'm rolling with the Heat. I, I don't think this is a situation where Denver is going to stay undefeated at home through the entirety of this postseason run. I think they're bound to drop one of these games. I predicted this to be a long series. In order that for that to happen, we're going to need for Miami to be able to get one of these games in Denver. So I I'm I'm saying that they get game two in Denver. Those shots that they missed in game one, they're going to knock some of those down in game two. Miami Heat come up with a big road win in the nba finals
1: i agree i'm with you i think the heat will win game two and get back one one and they will they will play better offensively and i think their defense will continue to be good and of course that means hashtag kod
0: the kiss of death
1: and it's brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Tune in baseball action tomorrow night. Dodgers hosting the Yankees. Coverage 6 30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN
0: Radio and the ESPN app. Bubba. Uh, new 76's head coach Nick Nurse was introduced to the Philly media yesterday and had this interaction. Better
4: at the end of those two months. And do, do you, you want James Harden up? back? Pardon me? Do you want James Harden back? James Harden's a great player. That yep. didn't answer the question. Well, I would say this, is that James has a decision to make. I'd be very happy if he came back.
0: Seems like that is uh, off to a good start. What's the hardest city to play in and deal with the media and fans? Who you got? Uh, New York. I, yeah, you would.
1: New you, York.
2: You played a pretty tough one, for I, sure. I played in Dallas. I played in Baltimore. I played in New York. New York is the toughest by far. Like, yeah. I remember, I, I I I literally signed as a free agent in the offseason in 2009, by Thanksgiving, the newspapers, the tabloids were calling me a free agent bust. <laughs> that, 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 think about it. The team is 500, and I was a free agent bust, considered a free agent bust, wow. in, in a matter of three months. That's that's how wild the New York media is, the New York marketplace is. The hardest place to play in all of professional sports.
1: Yeah, I would say New York as well. Although, Nick Nurse did get a little taste of the king, Howard Eskin, right there. That's oh, no what doubt. life is going to be like.
2: Howard Eskin, one of the best dressed. Oh, always. One of the best dressed, person Only man I've ever seen who matches no his
1: beats headphones to his suits as the sideline reporter for
2: the Eagles on Sundays. Yeah, like <laughs> like, like like meticulous when it comes to that stuff. Oh yeah. No doubt.
0: Perfectly quaffed hair too, by the way. Yeah. Who you got brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickranger.com or just stop by. Thirty seconds today is National Donut Day. Who you got is your favorite donut.
1: That's easy. Uh, chocolate glazed, Canty. Let's just keep things simple. The the, ah. the glazed donut is about as good as it gets.
2: Interesting. So I'm going to get a little fancy here. I'm going Boston cream. I okay. love the Boston cream donut. Love I it. I don't hate it. I can't don't get hate it at all. It. Can't ever go wrong
1: with a simple Krispy Kreme. Either.
0: Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio